Here is the Crescendo Music Education Podcast, episode number 61. Hello, I am Debbie O'Shea and welcome to this edition of the Crescendo Music Education Podcast. Today I'd like to talk to you a little about my YouTube channel, but specifically ways that you can use a melodic practice video in your music classroom. There's so many things you can do with it, not just like press play, sing sing along, kids, echo. There's so many things. It's a really useful teaching tool. So first off, let me tell you about my channel, Crescendo Music Ed, or you can just search Debbie O'Shea. Of course, the links are all in the show notes. Also, you'll find the links in the blog post that is made from each of my podcast episodes. The video that I'm going to refer to just as an example is called Sing and Play These Melodies, Me, So, La. They're three notes on the staff. So that's just the example I decided to use as I went through these 20 different ideas. I actually initially had 18 and went, I don't like that. What is it about 20? I just thought I have to think of two more. I thought of two more. More started coming. I went, stop, 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 stopping at 20. Nice round number. So there's going to be 20 little ideas presented in this episode. But I would love it if you're listening. I would love for you to find my channel, ding that little bell so that you get notifications when I do post new videos which is not very often. I have many UFOs, as I call them, unfinished objects. All you have to do is have a little look in my Canva account. (laughs) You'll see there are so many half-finished videos. And in Canva, I tend to just use, create the visuals, and then I use Camtasia to put it together with the audio. You can do videos on Canva as well, and I'm experimenting in there, but I tend to just do the visuals on Canva and export. But anyway, I digress. So many videos I want to make, so many I could use in my classroom. But anyway, there's some there. I find them really great. We didn't do uh, a very long time home learning. I'm really lucky. I think our kids only had a total of four weeks or six weeks learning from home. And we just had the essential workers kids at school. We were very lucky here in Queensland, in Brisbane. But I know there are still some people working on a hybrid type system even now. So these videos are great for learning at home or hybrid. They're also, though, great for you to use at school, just as they are sore throat days. You just go, I just need something just for a couple of minutes while I get the xylophone set up or whatever you're doing. But with creativity, these videos are so much more than just to have a sing through. They're an amazing learning tool. So the video that I'm going to use has just a four beat melodic phrase with three notes on the staff. That's basically what I'm doing. You will hear me play that melody on chime bars. I used alto chime bars, the really nice, the boom whacker colored ones. They're so beautiful. And the sound, I do like chime bar sounds, but the alto chime bars are even nicer. They're just a little more resonant, easy to listen to. So the whole idea of me doing this is to give children practice reading and associating the staff notation with the sound, linking sound to symbol. It gets the notation in front of the children 
and you can work with it in many ways and it caters for different learning styles and it deepens their understanding. So that gives you a little background into why I make the videos for a start and why I use them in my classroom. So here we go. Are you ready? 20 ideas. Now, you don't need a pen and paper. If you're on the treadmill, oh, good on you, go you. If you're walking in the bush track, which is where I where I listen to lots of my podcasters walking up in the bush track, don't panic about not writing these down. Go to the show notes or go to the read the episode and it will all be there for you. So 20 little launch pad ideas for how you can use these videos. So here we go. Number one, the first thing you can do is just get the students to echo the melody they hear using a neutral syllable. I'm just meaning ooh or do or whatever sound you want. That was fairly ugly. Why did I do that? Okay, doesn't matter. Use a neutral syllable to echo the melody you hear. Simple as that. Number two, of course you can get them to echo the melody they hear, but add the solfar. That does add a level of complexity. And obviously, only do that once they know me, so, and la on the staff, wherever that happens for you. For me, it's in year two, uh, wherever it is in your sequence, in your system. Three, you could say echo with sulfur and hand signs, because I think it's quite good to sometimes do the sulfur without the hand signs. Hand signs are invaluable for some kids. Older students, sometimes the hand signs are actually a hindrance. I think it gives them something else they have to think about and they're more capable of abstract thinking. Anyway, just sometimes take the hand signs away, I think. Anyway, so number three was sulfur with hand signs. Number four, hand sign after you hear the melody. So to the correct rhythm, the correct pitch, show the hand sign, but you're not actually singing or in any way, sulfur or neutral syllable, just show the hand signs as an echo. That's number four. Number five, sing back in letter names. Now I should have double checked, but I'm pretty sure, hold on, I'll double check. I am pretty sure that my, yes, yes, I just double checked. I had to check that I had, so was G. So you can sing back in letter names. You'll just hear the melody played on the chime bars. Remember, get the children to sing back with letter names. Number six, get them to sing back with letter names and use the hand staff. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast for a little while, and I'm sure I'm going to refer to my hand staff for episodes for as long as I'm doing this podcast. I'll show you here in case you get to see it on the screen later. You hold your hand out as if it is five lines and the children point to the tip of their fingers for a line and in between their fingers for a space. So you would sing back pointing to G, A, G and E there. So you can sing back letter names with the hand staff. Seven, why don't you get them to play it back on the recorder? So I know I, I teach G and E first because I like to have both hands used on the instrument. A is the third note that we learn. So I can play this clip and the children play it back on the recorder. Tip eight or way eight. It's not really a tip. 
the eighth suggestion, <laughs> I'm doing really well, aren't I? The eighth suggestion is to just play it on tuned percussion. Xylophones, chime bars, glockenspiels, whatever you've got, play it back on tuned percussion. If you use something like chime bars for the really young kids, you could even just take out those three notes. Or on the xylophones, you could take off the bars or turn the bars upside down, the ones that you don't need. So play it back on tuned percussion. Number nine, you could sing it back with rhythm names, sing back the tars and tts or whichever system you use instead of solfa or letter names. Why not? Ten, you could play it back with boomwhackers. You could even have the children divided in three groups and here's some A's, some G's and some E's and they play it back like that. Lots of fun and working together too. All right, now we're getting on to some that are a little more challenging but certainly possible. And I love trying some of these with the older kids. Just because it's got three notes doesn't mean you only have to use it with the younger children. Let's use it with the older kids as well. You know, professional musicians sometimes have to read three notes. It's okay. Do it with them. So number 11, I love this one. Sing it in retrograde. So it's played forward you sing it backwards. How amazing is that? And you know what? Even though this is only number 11, all of those things I've done so far, number one to 10, you can do every single one of those backwards. So number 11 is really 10 extra things as well as that number 11. So in case you don't know what I mean, I think I'm explaining myself well, but you never know. Sing in retrograde on a neutral syllable. That was number one. Sing in retrograde in solfar. That was number two. Three was solfar and hand signs. So sing it backwards with solfar and hand signs. Play it backwards. So all of those things, the first 10, you can do it after four beats, but perform it backwards. How fun is that? All right, number 12, half of the class could perform the four beats they've just heard backwards while the other half sings it forwards. How fun, how fun is that? And you can, again, have your pick out of all of those things, letter names, solfar, playing, however you want to do that. So half class forward, half class backwards. Number 13, take turns in singing one note each, or you could go one beat each. So the quavers could be performed by one group. So do that, start with a half a class. So number 13 is divide your class in half and take turns in singing one note at a time or one beat at a time and try to create music from this. Don't turn it into a mechanical ugly exercise. We try to join those little, those notes, even though they're done by two different groups, together to make a melody. So that's in half class groups. Number 14, do the same activity, but with smaller groups. So small groups or even, you know, even down to two on a part, and you could go around the group. So small groups, and they have turns, in singing one beat or one note. Let's go to number 15, 
which is going around the class individually. And every child sings one beat or one note in echo. Lots of fun. And can I say, really difficult. So that's number 15. Number 16, divide the class into three groups. There's a me group, a so group, and a la group. They are only allowed to echo their pitch when it occurs in the pattern. That's really tricky and lots of fun. You could try that individually too. That would be fun. So three different groups. So each group now, instead of just having in turns, like number 15, they just sing whatever note we're up to. They only perform their note when it appears in the melody. Number 17, combine with inner hearing the pitch elements. So we will perform what is read, but every time there is a so, we will use our inner hearing. Then next time through, every time there's a me, we'll use our inner hearing. Or you could use some letter names, but focus on pitch elements, combining with inner hearing. Number 18, you probably guessed it, it's combining with inner hearing using rhythmic elements. So only sing the crotchets, only sing the quavers, that sort of thing. Number 19, press pause after hearing one of the examples and then perform a combination of the ideas above. So you can choose, you might go, okay, I'm going to press pause. We're going to first sing it on a neutral syllable. We'll then sing it in solfar with hand signs. Then we'll sing with letter names. Then you can play the next one. Or you might play it first, then sing it in solfar, then sing it in rhythm names. Just a combination of any of the above things. So you could press pause and just focus on that one little motif that you've just heard. So it's giving the kids a bit of a head start because they've heard pictures already. They've heard the melody. So that's 19. All right, now here we go. Number 20 is a bit of a challenge, but I think it's nice. So you have to create basically some flashcards that mention some of these things from my list. So one might just go sulfur. One might go letter names. One might say recorder, if, the, if you're using recorder, or boomwhackers, or rhythm names. So they say different things. And what you do during the playing of the melody, the first four beats, you hold up one of these flashcards and that indicates to the students how they are to echo. So the first time they may have to echo in solfa. You put that card down while they're listening to the next one, hold up rhythm names. They sing the rhythm names so that it's keeping them on their toes the whole time. And tricky because they're also looking at the staff notation, they're listening to the melody and they're working out in their head how they're going to do whatever you ask them to do. All right, that is 20 ideas of ways that you can use uh, a video already done for you. Video, just press play in your music classroom. I hope it's given you a whole lot of ideas that maybe you haven't thought of in this context. I know music teachers are incredibly creative and you all have fabulous ideas, but I am still hoping there might be something in there that you haven't thought of in this context. 
And if I can go back and just ask you all to find my YouTube channel and like the video, maybe subscribe, tell somebody about it. It would be great to have a few more views and follows on my YouTube channel. And I do promise I am getting to do the occasional video clip, but just not as many as I would like. <laughs> so if you've enjoyed this episode, I would like you to share it with a colleague. Say, hey, come and listen to this slightly unusual music teacher called Debbie O'Shea, and she's going to tell you all these ideas, ways to use a YouTube clip that practices pictures, three notes in melodies in, her, in the music classroom. So if you got something from this, I'd love you to share it. Thank you, everybody. Until next time, everyone. Bye. Thank you for joining me for this podcast. Don't forget that you'll find the show notes on crescendo.com.au forward slash the podcast number of this episode. Also, you can find the transcripts there. So you've got all of the detail that you need. If you've found this podcast useful, I'd really love it if you share the link with a colleague. Remember, all I can be is the best version of me. All you can do is be the best you. We'll meet again. I hope we will. <laughs> Bye. As we know, laughter relieves stress. Don't lose sight of the funny side of life. Oh, the doctor said to me the other day, I I'm afraid your DNA is backwards. And I said, and? <laughs>